heart sing, Lord, I want to live for thee. Lord, I want to live for thee. Your spirit be with us, thy spirit. In me. Ah, in. Yeah, yeah. It's Be my strength. Come now. In my weakness, be my strength.
Psalm 119, and we certainly won't be reading it in its entirety. <laughs> it's the longest chapter in the book. But I want to just pick out a few verses this morning. Psalm 119, I want you to consider with me verse 67. <clears throat> verse 67. <clears throat> verse 71. And verse 75, 67, 71, 75. <coughs> Psalms 119, 67. These are the words you find there. Before I was afflicted. I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. Number 71 says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. 75 says, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. Amen. I want for a few minutes this morning, <clears throat> I want to talk about the ministry of affliction. The ministry <clears throat> of affliction. My brothers and my sisters, no part of the Bible <clears throat> is more loved or more quoted than the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, it's a word that has healed more hurts. And the book of Psalms had dried more tears 
than any other book in scripture. Every human emotion somehow, every human emotion somehow finds its expression in the book of Psalms. Everything from rage to love, from hopelessness and hopeless despair to soaring confidence, all of it is found in this one book of Psalms. <clears throat> the book of Psalms is a song book. You need to understand that. That's what it is. The book of Psalms is actually a song book. It is a book of songs that helps the psalmist express what they were feeling at the time. And that's all it is. And you know, that's all songs are. Songs are a way of expressing what you are feeling at a certain time. You know, that's what songs do. And somehow, songs just sort of catch on to you and you find yourself yeah, yeah, just sort of reciting lyrics to songs just because they are part of your experience. Are you hearing me? You find yourself sometimes, even all by yourself, depending on where you are, what the mood is, saying, I love to tell the story. You be my theme in glory. Every once in a while, you find yourself, and no matter what, yeah, depending on where you are, you, you find yourself uttering the words, God specializes. And things that we call impossible. And, and, and let's just be totally fair. There are some other lyrics that sort of catch on to us. There are some other lyrics. Sometimes you find yourself sort of humming. You could have been anything that you wanted to. <laughs> I know I got you now. Could have been anything that you wanted to. I can tell by the way you do the things you do. Some lyrics just sort of catch up. Well, y'all hearing me? Yeah, 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 yeah. There are sometimes those, those lyrics, and, and they, they don't do it like they used to do, but every once in a while, it creeps in your spirit. I don't know what you do when you do it to me, but that. <laughs> Let me get back to Scripture. Let me get back to Scripture. But that's what songs do. That's what songs So. This book of Psalms is a song book. And like that, it captures what people are feeling. It captures their emotions at the time. <clears throat> now, the truth is, we no longer have the musical scores. We, we have no notes to these songs. We don't know what these original songs sounded like. But thank God we held on to the lyrics. Are y'all hearing me? We, we don't know what it sounded like when they were singing it back in Bible times in those days. But thank God we still have the lyrics. And they're printed here in the book of Psalms. For all of us to enjoy. For all of us to be inspired. These words here in the book of Psalms, they speak to us. Now, and just like any other song, somehow, we all seem to have our favorite song. We go through this songbook, and there are some of these songs that just stick out to us. There are some that we just sort of know by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. We know that. Y'all hear, we know that song. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. We, 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 we sort of know that song. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. That's one of our favorite songs. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. He will strengthen now. That, that's one of those songs that you just sort of remember. But the song, the song that I want to talk about today, song, Psalm 119, it's, it's not an ordinary song. Matter of fact, not many people going around quoting that book. Not many people going around quoting all that. As a matter of fact, if you just read the lyrics, you'll see right off that this is a long song. Look at it. It's a song that has 176 verses. Sometimes, sometimes I've seen folk get tired and sit down when we're singing four verses in here. 
This song has 176 verses. Many have, 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 have watched and we have, we have watched this book and, and, and we have surmised somehow that this book was not written by some ordinary poet. Whoever wrote this book had to have some skill. Yeah, whoever wrote this book, they had some scholarly about them. We think maybe the prophet Ezra might have been the one that wrote this book, but this, this song, but, but although it's long, <clears throat> if you hang with it, you'll see that the writer here has a serious message. In this one song, the writer touches on a lot of different subjects, but Psalm 119, it, it, it really, it, it's really, if you look at the whole thing, it's sort of a love song. And it is written as a love song almost to the Bible. His love, it, it, yeah, it, the whole thing sort of talks about his love for the word of God. And in this love, in this love song, he brings out a lot of different topics. You read the song, you go through the lyrics of the song. He talks about God's word. Talks about God's commandments. He talks about God's precepts. He talks about God's way and many, many more things he, he talks about. But the one we want to consider this morning, we want to consider what he says about his love for God's law. He's pointing out that he loves the law of God. And I know, I know, when we speak of law, we always think in terms of a bunch of rules and a bunch of regulations. If you do this, that's going to be your punishment. That's what we think about when we think about the law. But the psalmist here, he speaks of the law. When he speaks of the law, He's speaking of God's solid guide for our lives. He, he's talking about God, yeah, and how he guards our lives. That, yeah, and, and, and then he, he wants to make sure that we understand that when he talks about the law, he's talking about something that you and I would do well to respect. See, God here, when the psalmist talks about the laws of God, he's not talking about a bunch of thou shall nots. When he talks about the law of God, he, he, he's not talking about if you do this, you're going to go to jail, or if you do that, this is going to happen to you. The law of God is not that complex. The law of God simply says this. That's just the way it is. That's the law of God. The law of God simply says that's just the way it is. God does not need a policeman to carry out his laws, to enforce his laws. He just establishes his law, and once he establishes his law, that's just the way it is. Are y'all hearing me? There are things that God said there are things that God set in motion from the beginning of time and whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, you just got to live with the fact that that's just the way it is. If you jump out of a building, gravity will pull you down to the ground. You don't have to like it. That's just. The way, are y'all hearing me? The sun rises in the east and goes down in the west. You may not like it. You may protest it. But guess what? That's just the way it is. If you live long enough, you're going to get old. That's just, y'all ain't here. You can color it. You can paint it. You can tuck it. You can stretch it. Are y'all hearing me? Do anything you want to do, but the truth of the matter is that's just the way 
It is. I got concerned a couple of years ago about this spot in the top of my head. <laughs> I got concerned about that. I fooled around and turned around on, and I saw myself on the camera. And I started researching and started going on the internet trying to find something, see what could be done about this spot in my head, and finally, it's almost like God tapped me in the head and said, that's just... <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. That's just the way. You're 70 years old. That's just the way it is. But as we go through this particular psalm, one of the laws, one of the guides that he puts out there is the reality of affliction. Are y'all hearing me? Well, my brothers and my sisters, you can't live this life without at some point dealing with affliction. The psalmist David wrote it in his hymn. The psalmist David, when he was writing his hymn, he wrote that in his hymn. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's just the way it is. The fact that you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost does not deliver you from affliction. My brothers and my sisters in this life, everybody, saved and unsaved, will face affliction. That's just the way it is. But the psalmist here... <clears throat> takes great pains to explain to those of us who are saved that God somehow uses that affliction. Y'all hear me now. He wants you and I to know that God somehow uses that affliction for our good and for his glory. Look at what he says about affliction in verse 67. Look at what he says. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. It's amazing what affliction can do, isn't it? Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. And that word astray, when it says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, it doesn't always mean that you're caught up, caught up in some kind of immorality. It doesn't always mean that you're doing something bad. It doesn't always mean that. When the word says astray, sometimes astray just means that you're going your own way. Y'all ain't hearing me. Sometimes to go astray means that you got your own mind about things. It means that you got it all figured out. You really don't even need God. You, you feel you're, you're, you're so high and so mighty in your life. You feel like you really don't need God. You look toward heaven and say, God, I got this. But I'm here today to tell you, child of God, that God loves you too much to let you keep going like that. I wonder if I got a witness here. God loves you too much to, to let you keep going like that, going your own way. Yeah, yeah, you see, because he knows there's a way that seems right. It's right out of the book. There's a way that seems right, but the end of thereof leads to destruction. God knows that left alone to our own way, we will destroy ourselves every time. So he often uses affliction to turn us around. He uses affliction to keep us from destroying ourselves. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, some of the problems and some of the roadblocks that you have run up into, you've been blaming the devil, but it ain't the devil. Y'all ain't hear me. Some of the roadblocks and some of the problems you have experienced ain't the devil. Sometimes it's God. It's God setting up roadblocks. God setting up boundaries to keep us from destroying ourselves. Y'all have heard me talk years ago. You, talk, you heard me talking years ago about going fishing with Reverend Hopkins. 
And then Reverend Hopkins were out there fishing at somebody's pond. And uh, the people had allowed us to fish out there. And we were out there fishing. And all at once the door came open to the big house. And these big Doberman pinchers, pinchers, these big dogs, came out of the house and started running down toward the river. And here we are down there trying to fish. But now I see these dogs coming. And I'm trying to figure out <laughs> which way to go. Didn't know whether I needed to get in the water or whether I just need to outrun Reverend Hopkins. I didn't know. What I, but, but these dogs came down barking, growling. They were looked like mean dogs, and they came down toward where we were. And, and right before they got to the edge of the yard, they just stopped. And I thought, wow. Now, I know God answers prayer, but now that, they just complete, came to a complete stop. Reverend Hopkins, he'd been out there before. He said, Reverend Haynes, you ain't having to worry about it. I said, Pastor, he said, you see the collars those dogs have on them? He said, they have an electric charge in them. And under the ground there, there is a barrier that's buried under there. And if they go beyond that barrier, it, it, it will give them a shock. <laughs> Y'all hear me? If they go beyond the barrier, it will get, yeah, yeah. Those dogs had come to realize that I can't go but just so far. <laughs> that's a dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's a dog. A dog learned that I can't go but just so far without being afflicted. Now, if a dog can learn that, y'all ain't hearing me. Surely those of us who are called by his name, we ought to learn that we can't go but just so far. When I was afflicted, are y'all hearing me? Before I was afflicted, I was going my own way, doing my own thing. But now that I've been afflicted a few times, I've had to learn how to go to check with God before I start doing stuff. I've learned to talk to God first and then... We go down to verse 71, and he talks about his affliction again. He says, this time he says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Let me say it another way. In other words, it is, yeah, it, it is in my affliction that I really learn who God is. It is in my affliction that I really learn how to lean on him. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, I, I, I know that most of you in the sound of my voice, I, I know you came into a knowledge of Jesus Christ sitting in church on a Sunday morning, maybe in a Sunday school class. I know that maybe it was a preacher, a teacher, or some pastor somewhere, or maybe just a saint that wanted to tell you about Jesus. That's how most of us come to the knowledge of Jesus. But the real truth is although we had a knowledge of him, and we really believed on him for salvation, you really didn't really get to know him like you know him now until you had to go through some stuff. Are y'all hearing me? You had a knowledge of him. Thank God for the knowledge of him. Yeah, the knowledge of him and getting to know him in the free pardon of his sin. Thank God that's the reason I'm on my way to heaven right now. But the truth of the matter is uh, the way that you really got to know him are y'all hearing me? Now you really know him. And the reason you know him now is because he's put you through some stuff. Are y'all hearing me? The reason you know him now is because he has forced you to face some afflictions. Oh, it's one thing to hear about him. But it's something totally different. To see him move. I wonder if I got a witness up in here. It's one thing. Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah, I heard that he was a healer. But after a few surgeries and after a few afflictions myself, now I 
No, I heard that he would make ways out of no way. But after I've gotten to that point where I didn't see no way out, now I know. I heard, I heard, I heard, and it sounded good. I heard that he was a burden bearer. Heard that he was a heavy load sharer. But now I've seen it for myself. Now I know. And that's how we get down to this final mention in verse 75. Verse 75, he says, I know, O Lord, that your, law, your laws are righteous and in faithfulness you have afflicted me. That, that seems like a misprint, doesn't it? In faithfulness you have afflicted me. Oh, my brothers and my sisters, that's when you come into what I call a settled knowledge. That's when you got to settle in your spirit. You come into a settled knowledge of God. All of my doubts are settled, and I know that he is who he is. I know exactly what he can do. I got it settled in my spirit who he is. Oh, my brothers, <clears throat> And my sisters, when you come to a point where you can say, even in the midst of trouble, Lord, you are faithful in afflicting me. I know this doesn't sound good. This ain't going to make you shout. But when you come to the point where you can say like the psalmist, Lord, you are even faithful in afflicting me. When I need to be afflicted. When you can truly say, that I won't complain. Y'all hear me? When you finally get to the point where you can truly say, I won't complain. And the reason why I won't complain is because he knows. I wonder if I got a witness here. The reason why I don't complain is because he knows what's best for me. He knows more than my weary eyes can see. So even when I feel like I'm complaining, I just look toward heaven and say, thank you, Lord. Are y'all hearing me? I just look toward heaven and say, thank you, Lord. I, I won't complain when I come to this point. My brothers and my sisters, when you come to the point where You've seen him move on your behalf so many times that you just know that no matter how it looks, God is working it out. Are y'all hearing me? I used to hear people saying, you can't make me doubt him because I know too much about him. So no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, yes, I know the Lord will make a way. One of I got a witness in the house. I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. He'll make a way for you and he'll guide you all the way through. I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, he will. When I was sick, yes, he made a way. When I was in trouble, he made a way when money ran out yeah nowhere to turn he made a way even when i was lost and on my way to hell no god on my side and no heaven in my view yeah i wonder if i got a witness here yeah he made a way 
He sent his only begotten son to die in my place. One of I got a witness here. He suffered, he bled, and he died. They laid him in a borrowed tomb. But I thank God that he made a way. And early Sunday morning, he got up. He got up with all power in his hand. Well, I got to go back one step here. Just a moment ago, yeah, I talked about David and his son. Yeah, David is the one who said many are the afflictions of the righteous. Yeah, I stopped it right there, yeah, but I got to go back yeah, and tell you the rest of the story. Yeah, David said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but... Y'all ain't hearing me. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord, the Lord shall deliver them from them all. Is there anybody here who's glad about it? Is there anybody here who's got a testimony who say he picked me up and he turned me around? Planted my feet on solid ground. Is there anybody here who knows that the Lord will make a way somehow? The Lord will make a way somehow. If beneath the cross I bow, he will, yes. He'll make a way. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The righteous have afflictions too. But the Lord delivers them from them all. I declare and decree that he's still making still making ways out of no I wonder if I got one witness in the house even after all this time oh I know the Lord I know he'll make a way yes he will those old folk they would sing that and it was almost like they were fussing at you oh yes he will I know the Lord will make a way Oh, <laughs> oh yes, y'all, y'all help me, y'all help me. Uh, I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, He will. Oh yes. Oh, I know the Lord will make a way. Yes, He will. Oh, he will make a. He'll make a way for you.
pleasures but the same apologist C.S. Lewis said that the Lord shouts to us in our pain the good news of that is that if you're one of his he speaks to you in both ministries the ministry of glory and if you're like me you can thank God for the ministry of affliction it is because when we were in our situations of pain, we knew it was God who was holding us. That when we were in our situations of trouble, we knew it was God who was the one who was in there with us. When we had affliction, it was God who healed us from them all. Now, this is the invitation to discipleship that wherever you are and whoever you may be, that the Lord Jesus Christ is calling you, but we want to caution you and warn you today that when you come to know him, it's not the end of your affliction, but it is the beginning of God always being with you in your affliction. The Bible simply says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall have this eternal life. We want to come give that invitation to you and pray that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, but also as the one who will minister to you in moments of affliction. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we praise you. That even in our times of trouble and even in our times of triumph, you are a God who's always there. That we thank God for you telling us, uh, putting us through situation. For Andre Cross said, if we never had a problem, we wouldn't know that God could solve them. We wouldn't know what faith in God can do. We heard him say, through it all, we've learned to trust in him and lean and depend 
upon his very word. The very word which he gave on today that even in affliction, God's word has a way of ministering to us. God's word has a way of helping to us. Lord, we call on the name of those in our family and even abroad who are dealing with affliction, dealing with bereavement, dealing with death, dealing with disease, death, and sickness, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, that in that dealing, you're right there with them. That we call the name of those who are in trouble right now. We call the names of those who are hurting because of death in their family. We want to pray for our family out there. We call Kim Davis. We call others who have reached out to us even on this very day asking for prayer. We pray, Lord, even for those who don't know who you are. Because if they come to learn in who you are, you will take them from death unto life. And we pray now, Lord, that you take somebody on this day from death to life. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We give you praise and we give you honor. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. And ask every blessing, amen and amen. Let church say amen. Let church say amen. We thank God today for his word. Thank God for the fact that his word has on us. Whether you realize it or not, his words, it affects our everyday living. We were just applied. We just applied. If we hear what he says, it makes life worth living. There's life in the word of God. Again, we're so happy today to see those who come to help and who have been here now and been faithful now for over a year uh, to help us stay connected. And uh, the wonderful news is that we are now ready to begin. Now, we, we can't go all the way, but we're ready to begin move back toward normal and we're going to start that on next Sunday. I trust that you have been checking your emails and check you've been checking your communications to see exactly how we're going to do this. Uh, next Sunday we are opening the doors and uh, there are those who are signing up. Now next Sunday is Youth Day. First Sunday. First Sunday. Okay. All right. All right. Well. You all, I'm a little out of it right now. I've, <laughs> I've been resting. Uh, so we're talking about the first Sunday. On the first Sunday, uh, we will be prepared to come back together. And in, in, uh, we need to do that in an orderly manner. And so please go on the Internet, go to the Facebook, go to the, uh, the church website, and you can see instructions as to how we're going to build this back up. We're, we're going to, little at a time, we're going to get right back to normal. I thank all of you in advance for your patience. Thank you so much for just being patient. Uh, you have to understand that we've never had to do this before. <laughs> and so we're having to figure out how the best way to do this and that, that so that we can make sure that everybody is safe. Uh, let me just ask that you will continue to watch the communications from the office so that we might be in prayer with our members that are going through bereavement and sickness. Uh, just uh, keep an eye on those. Uh, uh, Sister Sarisa Woodard, I understand, her mother went home to be with the Lord, and we just want to continue to pray for her. Just continue to pray uh, uh, that God will just do what only God can do. We have other members, and please, again, check the uh, your emails from the church so that we can just make sure that we are up on our prayers and that we are keeping our members lifted in prayer. Again, we have our word for today for the month of June, July, August. It's in, and we ask, as always, that all of the membership, uh, when you come through or when you come by or if you want to call and order or whatever, the only thing is we tell you all the time you can't get just one. 
Uh, you need to get more than one so that you can share this word with those around you, maybe those on your job, maybe your neighbors, and uh, uh, just for whatever donation you would give, you just can't get, but you can't get one, you have to get more than one. So please, let's be a part. Let's, let's make sure that we are part of this wonderful ministry. Again, God bless you. God keep you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness during all of this time. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. God be with you till we meet again. Henceforth and forevermore, let us all say. several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.